Welcome to the Sales Talent Recruitment Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. In this CPSA Recruitment and Talent Podcast, we'll talk about entrepreneurism and the people skills that help salespeople to become successful entrepreneurs. Every salesperson is the CEO of their own business, but it's not easy and in fact is quite complex. They have a revenue number to maintain in order to stay in business, and they have to make smart and calculated decisions in conjunction with the other salespeople, quote-unquote CEOs, in their company and within the confines of their sales leadership. However, as salespeople work with their customers, they'll gain an intimate familiarity with the most critical business challenges, how to overcome them, and how to measure ultimate success. They'll also gain technical expertise and learn about their product and service categories and how their own industry works while working with their customers. Working in sales also helps budding entrepreneurs to be advisors and strategic partners since they'll be invited to meetings as well as presenting to plenty of C-level executives and other champions and decision makers. This gives salespeople firsthand knowledge of how their buyers see the world and how to adapt to their way of thinking. These can become valuable relationships when helping to build strong bonds with prospects, educating them on industry trends and best practices, and offering solutions to their individual challenges. That's why connecting with today's modern buyer needs the mindset of a salesperson first before diving into an entrepreneurial endeavor. Savvy salespeople will map out a sales strategy and who to target and why and how their sales leaders can enable them and support them as well. They also differentiate by talking up their philosophy instead of talking down on their competitors about how they differ and actually help their buyers benefit and or grow. A critical component of entrepreneurism and establishing a new business. Our guest today is Mario Martinez Jr., Mario is the CEO of M3 Junior Growth Strategies and is a keynote speaker, sales expert, and the social selling champion. Counted among some of the top social selling leaders in the world, Mario teaches marketers, sales leaders, reps, and business owners how to grow company revenues, develop an engaging personal brand, and attract today's modern buyer using social networks. He spent the last 75 consecutive quarters in sales and leadership, growing and managing hundreds of millions of dollars in sales revenue in the global, enterprise, commercial, small to mid-sized business, and public sector segments. As a sought-after keynote speaker, he has spoken to crowds of up to 20,000 listeners and has been featured in Forbes, Inc., The Examiner, and is a contributor to the Huffington Post and has been asked to speak by brands such as LinkedIn, SAP, Cisco, and others to name a few. Most recently, he was named as one of the top 10 sales gurus in the world by Rise Market Insight. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Mario, thank you so much for being on the CPSA Recruitment and Talent Podcast. Before we dive into the rest of the show, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do today? Kevin, I am so excited to be with, here with you today. Uh, I could not be any more happier. Uh, I'm a tried-true, born-and-raised sales guy for 19 years. My last stop was as the vice president of sales for a SaaS company. Uh, I started out actually in software sales, then moved into consulting, uh, infrastructure as a service, telecom, and my last stop was in the SaaS space. 11 months ago, actually, this year, 2016, 
I had the privilege of being selected uh, after being selected, excuse me, after being selected by LinkedIn to speak at their annual users conference, I launched a company called M3 Junior Growth Strategy, which happens to be my company. And we are one of the largest personal branding companies for sales and marketers uh, in the U.S. We also provide sales and social selling training. And secondarily, we provide social media strategy consulting for small businesses. Mario, that's great. And by the way, that's a really good segue because you've also said that every salesperson is the CEO of their own business, but we all know that it's not easy and it can be actually quite complex. So what's one of the first things that you recommend to sales professionals who aspire to someday launch their own business? Great question. I would say four words, kill it in sales. <laughs> That's what I would say. That's my best advice. Uh, once you understand, here's, here's my best advice. Once you understand how to kill it in sales, you will take those same killer instincts um, and be able to actually launch your own business. And that's what I think uh, some of the most successful entrepreneurs. Now, are there other entrepreneurs who have killed it without having been in sales? Absolutely. I mean, you can certainly do that. But once you understand the art of selling and the art of buying uh, from a customer's perspective, then you are in the best position, in my opinion, to be able to launch your own company and launch your own business because you'll be laser focused on the most important thing. And that is how does the customer perceive what it is that you're providing to them? And that's, that's a skill that takes time to develop and it takes energy and art to be able to figure out and map to the buyer's journey to map the buyer's mindset so that you can provide your solutions or services or products, whatever it might be. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Absolutely. In fact, along those same lines, then, um, one of the things that I know that there's a whole body of, of, of knowledge and research out there that really that keeps underscoring that fact that, yes, you're right, there are definitely individuals who are able to launch their own business and be successful without necessarily having a background in sales. But it makes it, it actually is something that is, is really important to have. And that's also because, and you touched on it a little bit, having to be intimately familiar with the business and the products and the services that you sell. I and mean, even before we, we're going to hit on customers again in just a little bit too. How do you get that intimately familiar with the business products or services? What do you need to do? And how does that help you spring into be into entrepreneurism? Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, I think once you understand the solution that you sell, and, and when I say solution that you sell, it could be a product, it could be a service, it could be um, an actual, you know, large, much larger solution, it could be very, very small, it could be very, very large, it doesn't really matter. Whatever it is that you provide, once you understand that particular solution, once you understand the product, you will then map it to how to help a buyer, how you can help a buyer. And once you understand how you can help a buyer, now you begin speaking the language of the buyer. And in my opinion, 100% of your first conversations that you should have uh, with a particular buyer, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a salesperson, whatever, the CEO, it should be about what is the business problem they are trying to solve and then how can you solve it. And once you develop that basis uh, or that understanding of what problem they're trying to solve, and then you speak to how you could possibly solve it. Now that usually leads to a second discussion, which is let's go into greater detail about what your product can do, all the different nuts and bolts, all the different nooks and crannies, et cetera. And if you understand that, then 
I believe that you'll be able to succeed as an entrepreneur because so many people, so many entrepreneurs, so many people try to launch a company and they do not understand what it is that their product or service or solution solves. And they focus in on how great of a tech piece of technology something is, right. how awesome their service is, how much it fits a specific niche or a need. And that's, that's not important. What's important is, is do you have somebody who's willing to buy because it'll help solve one of their problems. And it gets really difficult to sell when you are so focused on only feature, features and functionality. Again, I come from the enterprise software space too. So I, I know that when you, if, you're, if you get caught in, in those weeds, it gets really difficult to sell because you, it, it becomes a commodity in that sense, especially when you're in a crowded space like HR and recruiting technology that I'm quite familiar with for nearly 18 years. Yeah. So you know that more than anything. But what also is key too, Mario, is the relationships that you develop with your customers, with those individuals, those advisors, strategic partners, um, to become those advisors and strategic partners when you're presenting to the C-level execs and other champions and decision makers, right? So what, what, how do, you, what do you recommend in that regard? How do you get that relationship solidified? If this goes back to this theme that I'm, I'm speaking on, I remember this was a conversation. I was sitting inside of the actual boardroom of the 10th largest company. It was on the 37th floor of a high rise in San Francisco. And it was the 10th largest company in the U.S., uh, the fortune number 10. Wow. And I was sitting with the EVP, CIO, and CTO of this company, who was a direct report to the CEO of, of, the, of the fortune 10. Mm-hmm. And he became a very, very good friend of mine, uh, so so much that he actually came to my wedding. And this is this is probably arguably one of the the, the, the most powerful IT, most powerful and 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 and, and uh, strongest influencers in IT in corporate America. Okay, and we were having a discussion because he became one of my mentors, and I said to him, you know, how should people come into, uh, what should people do when they come into your office? Why is it important? What what do they need to do to be able to get your attention? And he said. Uh, sorry, I'm going to paraphrase this. Mario, he said, people like me, we don't care about bits and bytes. That is for somebody way down in the organization to figure that out, whether or not it's going to break our systems and tools right. or process or procedures. What I want you to do is I want you to come into my office speaking to me about how you can solve one of my headaches. And before you get to my office, you already know what that headache is. And if you don't, you better not be sitting here. <laughs> Next, he said, I want to understand how your solution will make me more competitive and that you already understand what it is my competitors are doing so that you can turn around and tell me how I can be better. If you have the conversation about uh, how you're going to help solve one of my challenges, by the way, you already know what my challenges are because you've, you've, you've done your homework. And number two, you know how it's going to make me more competitive and you know how what my competitors are doing so that you can advise me, advise me is what he said, advise me of how to go about uh, being better at my business. Now you're having a conversation that is uh, more of an advisor and a consultant as opposed to a salesperson. And he said, and this is, and this is when I was selling actually telecommunication solutions. And he said to me, and even when you think your service is a commodity-based service, Having that type of conversation is what may will make you different from your from your competitors who are walking into the same office. And I thought that was like super valuable information. Like I could not have said it myself better because it really went on the lines of back again. I was talking about how you help solve a business problem, right? 
But then furthermore, making sure that before you walk into a conversation with a C-level executive, that you're not sitting there saying, so tell me, what keeps you up at night? Like that's the worst thing you could ask, right? You should already know what that is because you've done your homework. You've done the research. You've seen the, the, the different um, trigger events that are online. You've talked with all the different folks within the organization. And you've done your research as to what the competition is doing or not doing so that you could actually apply your solution to help to help identifying how this can make them better. I, I mean, I think that's just fantastic advice. And that's how you move a conversation from the sales front as a sales rep to an actual advisor. But beyond that, though, one, one of the things that I, I kind of, I guess, a little asterisk to what you just outlined, that's really, really important. And this is part of the video series that I, that I know that you shared with me that you have online, advice to giving to social selling individuals, salespeople, marketers in general. And one of them is in in the, in the same context that you should be networking and developing relationships with your key buyers, with, with these champions and decision makers, and really talk at the strategic level that they want you to talk at, don't talk smack about your competitors. Differentiate from them, right? There's a difference in doing that. How do you yeah. talk a little bit more about that? How do you recommend that to rise above that? Because there I mean, it's it's too easy to say what somebody's not as opposed to what you are, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. And I think it's an area that most salespeople suffer at because they understand, they, they, they are taught what their competitor does differently and they're taught how to sell against them. And then they start regurgitating a bunch of pieces of information, facts and figures, as well as even potentially talking bad about them. In fact, um, you referenced the video. I produced a 15-minute video, and it was on this series of how entrepreneurs are like salespeople or how salespeople are like entrepreneurs. And in that video, uh, one of them was how to be dumb and dumber in sales. <laughs> and the dumb part is when you go into someone's office and you just start talking smack about the competition, and you start talking about how they're getting it wrong, how they're doing it wrong, how they're approaching the market wrong, how their product sucks, how you know, so all, all these things are, are incorrect. The, the dumber part is when you start talking about some of the uh, buyers who are actually that are, are buying these solutions and how dumb those people are. Right. <laughs> so right. never do those two things. So, so how do you, how do you differentiate yourself? This is a very, very easy one. You talk about the philosophy differences right. uh, between the two different um, organizations. And I think one of the things that salespeople need to need to go um, think about is how actually they can complement a competitor. They can actually say, you know, they're a great company because, and, and start out with that. If you find a way to actually always compliment somebody, then immediately what comes next out of someone's ears, what would come next in someone's mind as they're digesting it is that you're actually being very complimentary of an organization. And they become much more open and receptive to hearing the differences. Then what you do is, is you turn the things that they do bad into philosophical discussions. So you focus in on that and say something of the effect of, you know, they're a great organization. And one of the reasons why they're so great is because whatever it might be. We do differ in two areas, though, and those two areas is how we approach the marketplace and our philosophies in terms of how we actually solve a business challenge. Their philosophy is this. Our philosophy is this. And the reason why our philosophy is this because empirical data supports blah. And when you go that route, now you've, you've set the, 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 the uh, idea of fear, doubt, and uncertainty. You've identified uh, a particular um, uh, ph uh, philosophical difference. And you've identified empirical data that could actually help support and endorse your, your position. However, here's the thing I want to talk about. Uh, what you want to make sure that you're doing when you do bring up the stats and, figure, uh, stats and figures about uh, supporting your, 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 your position, 
make sure that throughout the conversation leading up to that point in time, whether it's one conversation or multiple conversations, make sure you understand the customer's viewpoint on your philosophy. Mm-hmm. Because if your viewpoints on philosophies are completely different and you say, they're, they're, this is what my competitors do, this is what we do, and here's our philosophy, if they think your philosophy sucks, guess what? You better find a different stat or figure or philosophy to be able to talk about, right? <laughs> right. You don't want to talk about something that, that they think is the right philosophy from, from a competitor's competitive standpoint. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. Right on the money, Mario. Listen, thank you so much again for being on the CPSA podcast. Where can we find out more information about your organization and what you're doing today again? Love it. Thanks for asking. And thanks for having me. Please uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Mario Martinez Jr., JR. Uh, I'm the CEO of M3 Junior Growth Strategies. Absolutely feel free to follow me on Twitter at M underscore 3 JR. Excellent, Mario. Thank you so much. I look forward to meeting you in person someday. Thank you for listening to the Sales Talent and Recruitment Show. Learn more about the training and benefits from the Canadian Professional Sales Association at cpsa.com.